one. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Earth is Ghetto podcast. I am Sydney. And I am Erin, and we have a special guest today. Yes, go ahead and announce yourself. What's we'll state your name, pronouns, where you're from? Mm. Um, hello, niggas and friends and enemies. Um, I am Agape. <laughs> <laughs> I am Agape. Um, I use any pronouns. I'm gender fluid. Um, I'm a second generation Ghanaian, born and raised in Northern Illinois, among these cornfield Caucasians. Amen. 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 <laughs> all right. So just to go ahead and get it all started. First things first, we are going to do our mental health check-in. And since Aaron always want to start with me, Aaron, let's start with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel okay. You know, I mean, it's always hard to like be like, oh, I'm doing great under white supremacy and capitalism. Like, <laughs> but you know, for those things to exist. I'm doing decent. <laughs> I would just say that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Agape, mental health check-in. Where are we? Um, I'll say like, like, yeah, I'm also doing decent. I mean, like Aaron said, why supremacy be supremacying and this damn society we live in, capitalism, all this fuckery and bullshit. Um, but we here. We're clear, <laughs> existing. Get into it. <laughs> um, so for for me, I was very glad to have gone camping this last weekend or whatever before. And it was super, super nice. It made me realize, like, I was like, damn, I'm going to be sad when climate change finally get us. It's real fucking pretty out here. It's going to be such a shame when this shit is gone. And that's why I'm like, let me actually take the time to really enjoy it. So I'm not going to lie. It actually has been my, my mental health a little bit better because like we have all said, living under a white supremacist capitalist society is um, just a recipe for depression and suicide. So I'm very glad that, you know, I'm still able to find things to still be like that actually bring me like joy, you know, other than this podcast. So yes, absolutely. So that's been going okay. So, whew, we got so much to get started on because we have a full, full show for my wonderful Black queers, okay? So um, the first, <laughs> the first um, subject that we're going to broach is Project 2025. Um, and thankfully, um, our amazing... Um, a co new co-host for the evening was able to find some of these videos for us. Um, and I actually really, really love this creator. So we're just gonna go ahead and play this for you now so you guys can get an idea of what's actually happening. What's Project 2025? It's a nightmare. That's all I can say. It is an absolute nightmare. It is a 920 page book called Mandate for Leadership, The Conservative Promise. It details Project 2025, which is a plan to completely change the way our government works if a conservative candidate is elected president in 2024. I need y'all to understand that voting is no longer an option. We must do it. If a Republican wins this election in 2024, everything that I'm about to say will be set into motion. You think I'm kidding? This is the first page and they are planning to implement this at 
12 o'clock noon on January 20th, 2025, the day that the president is inaugurated. And this plan is not new. It dates all the way back to 1980 when Reagan was president. They actually mention him as the inspiration for a lot of these things that they're trying to implement, which tells you just how bad this actually is if they're using Reagan as a reference. But they officially launched this in April of 2022, over a year ago. So the project is broken up into four pillars. You can pause to read those four pillars. Words such as critical race theory and gender ideology are to be struck from curriculum in every public school in every country. They refer to social media apps such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and yes, TikTok as industrial scale child abuse. They claim that it fuels mental illness and anxiety as well as frays children's bonds with their parents. This highlighted paragraph was just lovely to read. You can pause to read it yourself. It's basically calling for the discrimination of people with addictions, people with mental issues, and people with health issues. As someone with irritable bowel syndrome, I'm, I'm a little hurt. I implore every single one of y'all to go on Google, look up Project 2025, find the PDF, and read this for yourself. But I'm going to go over some basic policies that they're trying to implement. I have them on my notes here because 900 pages is a lot to show y'all. Starting with the LGBTQ plus community, specifically transgender individuals. They are attempting to reverse policies that allow transgender people to serve in the military, eliminating transgender coverage under Medicaid and Medicare, and restricting the protection of sex discrimination, specifically in the context of hiring and firing in places of employment. In other words, this would make it completely legal to fire someone from their job because they are a part of the LGBTQ plus community. This would also rescind all regulations that prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender, identity, etc. Plus, they want to make it legal to discriminate against the LGBTQ plus community in regards to foster care and adoption. Let's talk about abortions and reproductive health because you know they didn't leave that alone. They are talking about completely dismantling the HHS, which is the Health and Human Services, because they promote abortions as a form of health care. They're trying to take complete control of the FDA and reverse the approval of chemical abortion drugs, trying to end all state funding for abortions, as well as withdrawing Medicaid from states who violate this. They want to completely completely end sexual education in schools and promote abstinence only. They also want to end abortion training for all medical professionals as well as investigate and prosecute any state medical schools that violate this. Basically outlawing abortion in any way for any situation in every single state in the United States. This includes ectopic pregnancies and partial miscarriages. Oh yeah, they also want to completely eliminate the Department of Education altogether and end federal Pell Grants for colleges and universities. I literally would not have been able to afford to go to college if it wasn't for federal Pell Grants, and now students that are exactly like me are not going to be able to go to college at all. They're also targeting low-income families in regards to school lunches. There's going to be a lot more news stories of lunch ladies telling kids that they can't eat because their parents haven't paid for their school lunch yet. They also want to request work requirements for SNAP. Individuals receiving SNAP will now be required to work a minimum of 20 hours per week and SNAP benefits will only be available for adult beneficiaries between the ages of 18 and 50 who are not disabled and do not have children or dependents. There's going to be a lot of single mothers with starving children. And you know, they had to throw in Christianity in there because that's what they love to do. They wish to eliminate diversity, equity, and inclusion programs and issue an executive order to protect religious employers and employees' right to discriminate for religious reasons. If this comes to pass, your employer can literally fire you for not being a Christian. If you don't believe me, like I said, go read it for yourself. It is 920 pages of nothing but this. Basically, life as we know it will change forever.
and it is terrifying that more people aren't talking about this. If you are legally able to vote, why aren't you? We don't have a choice anymore. We have to. Ooh. So that's a lot to unpack. Who wants to go first? Um, I guess me. I like I love that creator so much for like the whole vote no you know every election vote blue this is the election to save our country like God have you read the history of colonialism of neocolonialism uh you know the United States interest in Niger for uranium um. I'm sorry, Democrats and Republicans contribute to the state of society that it exists. There's 16 million homeless people in this country. Um, there's blue country, blue states that have terrible crime. There's, I mean, it's a whole, yeah, mess. <laughs> we have to dismantle the system because our votes go towards electors who they actually decide who the president is, not the people. The popular vote don't mean shit. Hillary won the popular vote in 2016, and Agent Orange got in office. And Hillary has ties to the Middle East, Benghazi, all that crap. And no, before anybody comes and says, oh, you're, you're Republican. No, fuck them both. Guillotines, all of them. Like Aaron would say, guillotines, all of them. Because the, the the politicians that care are going to get suppressed, you know, like Justin Johnson in Tennessee, those black, you know, uh, congressmen or senators, whoever, whichever title it was. And, you know, they effectively are just there holding a place while the rest of the establishment serves to, um, you know, keep the status quo going. And really, these politicians are bought for and paid for by corporations. I mean, look at uh, that coon in, in the Supreme Court, Clarence Thompson, Thomas, getting flied out and all that nonsense, paid four-star hotels, dinners, meals, with the white wife, bashing <laughs> affirmative action, yet affirmative action got him in to his college where he ended up working towards his path to become a judge. Aaron? Girl, you already know how I feel about this shit. Y'all, <laughs> I think we all know what needs to be done. It's not going to happen anytime soon because people are, again, Stockholm Syndrome is a motherfucker. And oh my God, well, if we ain't working, something just don't feel right because it, that's why we're trying to get the fuck out of the country now. And they're making, it, they're making that hard to do as well because they see we're trying to escape. But bitch, I'm going to do yeah. whatever the fuck I can. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, this whole, this duopoly needs to end. Like, please, someone got mad at me because I said Obama's the deporter in chief. I said, mm, bitch, well, I yeah. said what I said. Like, like it is what it is. Like, or you must like Trump. I'm like, no, bitch, I can walk to go at the same time. And I'm not, I don't have my head stuck in the sand acting like it's either this or that. Or if I criticize this, then that means I'm for that. That's how divided it is. And that's how pe pe brainwashed people are. Straight up. 
Um, uh, I, I feel like all I'm going to end up doing is echo is echoing your reasoning because I also do love that creator, but I, I, I agree with Agape where it's like this, this vote blue, no matter who, which by the way, for some reason means automatically you're voting red. Ugh. Um, and which makes absolutely no fucking sense. Um, and it seems like because conservatives are so cult-like that when they get to people like us who are able to see both sides for exactly what they are, as um, Aaron always says, uh, Republicans spit in your face while uh, liberals will spit in your food. Um, we'd rather our lives be spit free. Um, we've said that so many times on here and I feel like, um, and I don't wanna get away from the disturbing information that we just heard. I don't. Um, I want everybody to make sure that people understand like when they say that for pregnant women, that you can't have an abortion even for an ectopic pregnancy. Ectopic pregnancies have a 100% mortality rate. No one lives. And they literally made sure to put that into the paperwork. So they effectively are trying to murder women and jail transgenders and bar them from having rights. So I wanna make sure that's very clear that that's something that, needs, that we need to do something about. But the saddest part is the fact is the only option they have for us is to vote which we have had so many shows on voter suppression. We've had so many shows on the things that are actually happening at the polls, um, turning people away because guess what? Your ID is expired. We don't know if you're a real American citizen. Like people are going through some of the most xenophobic experiences at the polls, the most racist experiences at the polls. And we can't pretend that's not happening just because this is happening. Because you telling us that this is our only option feels really fucking sad because we've seen it not work. You know. It's gaslighting too. They be gaslighting when they be doing that shit. I'm like, girl, I'm not about, neither party is coming out and saying abolish the police, uh, anti-capitalism, healthcare should be free, housing, food should be free. Neither party is doing that. Get the fuck out of my face. They, they, truly, truly. Um, but as we all know, going to hell in a handbasket, that's just who we are right now, which is, I guess, totally fine. Um, so for, uh, this next particular topic, um, I just want to say just because no one gets to escape the wrath of the earth is ghetto podcast. Oh, black women. I am so disappointed in you. Mm. Black cisgendered women, <laughs> just not hilarious. Um, Tasha, no, cause just no, um, <laughs> Uh, regardless of, of uh, uh, we're seeing so many black women be up in arms about this transgender, about transgenderism. That's what they're calling it now. Um, like, I didn't even know you could put ism on the end of that, but I guess we're doing that now. Um, and yeah. sadly, I'm going to uh, play you a video that is going to be very, I just want to let everybody know, for the black queer people in the room, it's going to be very, very triggering for you to watch. I, I'm not even gonna pretend it's not. So give me a second while I uh, share my screen, cause good God. Um, let's go ahead and make sure we can, uh, we're sharing sound, okay. Let's start. Wait, wait, not. Wait, what not. are you doing? Not, not, not. Oh, not. I can't, I am not paying my, I am not paying my tax. Money, get out. Support, get out of this type of now. You can why do you have this hanging? And why do you have this hanging up? It's part of the stupid.
that to No, it's not part of anything. Mom. That is uncalled mm. for. We are paying you to teach history. And that's what you need to be teaching. Excuse me, this is a public school, little lady. Uh, you are expelled. You are, do you see My, what's on this no, side? No, brown, no, This needs black. to go exactly where it is, in the no, garbage. You need to go in the no, garbage. I'm teaching my oh, son to grow up to be a man. And I don't want you hanging on right. flag. I'm calling security. Hanging a flag up. I'm calling you to security. sit up there and teach them the type of stuff I'm trying to keep them away from. I told you what happened. No. I told you. I told you somebody's parents going to get mad. You need to be teaching history. Thirty-three, please. No, you need to be teaching history. Shut up. Don't get out. Hey. I'm not getting out of nowhere. Like I'm not getting out of nowhere. Hey, no. You don't tell my son to shut up. You talking to me. You're talking to me. Okay, enough of that. Um, that 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 was enough. I feel like um, <laughs> I feel like we all got the um, the message. Um, this is the issue that I have. I'm just reading the comments under this, and I don't suggest you look at it, guys. I really don't. I I, I wouldn't want you to be uh, that triggered. Uh, we <laughs> we have. Um, a lot of transphobic, a lot of um, homophobic comments just in these things. And um, coming from Afrobeat life, um, which to me is becoming another shade room. But uh, who wants to go first? Oh, uh, whoever, you're on mute, Aaron. Uh, okay, oh. The Shave Room, um, Fox Soul, Spiritual World, and Neighborhood Talk are very, very dangerous for Black people, and it's keeping Black people back. And it's it's just toxic. Um, and it's always the people who forgot to pay the Zeus subscription on time being homophobic in the comments, saying stupid shit like I just saw in the comments. Like, I don't think y'all want... Freedom, like I say all the time, I don't think y'all want freedom like that. I just don't think y'all do. And I just leave that there. Like, I don't have much to say. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and get back. I'm weak. <laughs> they said the people that forgot to pay their Zoom subscription. <laughs> and you know they ain't wrong. You know they ain't wrong either. That's the worst mm, part. They, they're not wrong at all. Like, I just, I just don't understand why they're so, like, first of all, so you have to teach your son to be a man. You're, it, which is it? Is it inherent in us? Or they can't seem to decide. It changes, like, it, their gender identity changes with us. Uh, it, I know, it, it, sis, it's giving welcome to the family. Hello, per. Ah. <laughs> okay. Right. Not welcome to the family. Um, so, so, um, my first thought when I first saw this was pure disappointment, but not surprise. Um, we are seeing a lot of Black women. Um, and I think we were talking about this um, before the show, about Black women's transphobia and how it is very much like uh, poor whites being racist. Um, like even when slavery first started, think about it, like all of these white people had jobs that they were making money at. And they were able to convince all of these white people, no, no, no us taking away your jobs and you not making this money is a good thing because you're not a nigger. 
and, and that's literally the only answer they have. And um, and for black women, it's like, hey, you might be going through all of this, but at least you're not a T-slur. That's that's mm. that is what they're going through. And we have to remember that sadly, trans people are at the bottom. And they have been at the bottom for a very long time. And we are treating mm -hmm. them Black as if they are and we have been treating them as if they are the bottom all of this time. Since colonial, since the white man's hit our shores and brought homophobia. Okay. Uh, since they came to African shores and brought homophobia, this has been something that's been implanted into our minds. And I need people to understand that when you think like this, you've been poisoned by white supremacy. And if you can't understand that, then you don't have the range to have the conversation. If you don't know the historical context of what you're doing, you do not have the range to have this conversation with me, period. And you don't have a defense. I see. Um, That's why I don't waste my time going back and forth with them no more because it's like, girl, y'all are committed to misunderstanding. And I, I'm sitting, I could tell you two plus two plus four, and they're going to say, oh, well, it's five. You just carry the one. They're going to come up with some bullshit. So I don't no, waste just like I don't waste my time arguing white folks. I don't waste my time arguing with trans folks, homophobes, because they just don't have the range. I'm the, and why piss myself off at that? I, I don't argue with stupidity. Period. My auntie always used to say, we don't argue with no no white fools. We don't negotiate with white fools. And I don't negotiate with fools, period. I ain't got the time for that. You are my terrorist. And I don't negotiate with terrorists. When I find people in, this, in the spaces to go ahead and oppress me, you are my terrorist. And I don't negotiate with terrorists, period. Just like I'm not negotiating with Black men to protect us. I'm not, I listen, I'm not, I'm not negotiating. And you know, what's, what's worse is that this all boils down to respectability politics. So even when we talk about, like, I was just showing um, Agape this video where Meg the Stallion, who, by the way, professional ass clapper, I wish I could pay you, bitch. Because the videos <laughs> are never long oh, enough. They're baby. never long enough. And I don't know what kind of pants you be wearing that look like skin, but nigga. <laughs> Sweet. She knows she's fine. Mm. So, like she, she mm -hmm. looked like she smelled like heaven and brown sugar, nigga. Anyway, so moving on. Yes. So let me let me stop telling people. This had black men don't think that. Never mind. Let me. That's a whole nother mistake. <laughs> Listen, I feel like you actually made Let's a just point say after what I go said. Someone like Ruby Rose. No, yeah, I was like, I'm ready to hear. Because think about it. Never mind. Go for someone like um Karuchi. Let, ooh, oh. Listen, oh, um, but the thing about it is the way Meg Thee Stallion was throwing it back in that video, I thought I was just going to see people slobbering the way I was slobbering. Like, bitch, I drink your bathwater. That's what I thought I was going to be seeing. No, I heard, I was seeing like, oh, the room must smell. Oh, is this what you, this is how you celebrate after you put a black man in jail for a decade? Is it like, yes. Yeah, you, you, you see the look of confusion of niggadom that's on your face right she, now? And the, the she didn't this put is, him in jail. The state put him in jail. Mm -hmm. And this is coming from niggas who smell like musty goat cheese and wet Q-tips. And not even the good goat cheese, because good goat like, cheese actually don't smell that Please check yourself bad. before you wreck yourself, because I bet y'all niggas ain't wet between your ass cheeks since 2005. 
So please go wash your down, yourself down with the hose. Listen, it's you know always you got niggas who still, niggas <laughs> breath smell like earring bats and niggas who still wipe from back to front think they know something. I can't take y'all seriously. The ones who got that one ring of sweat from under here don't smell it. Smell like cheese. Those are the niggas who's talking right now. I promise you. I promise you. Every that thing John said to the sweat drips down my balls. It's <laughs> all it smell like down nothing there. but nut sweat right up here. I promise you. Um, and 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 it kills me because we have these pseudo intellectuals that want to have these conversations, especially the hoteps and the hertaps that want to have conversations about respectability politics, having no idea that everything that they are saying is rooted in white supremacy, period. So, and then, then oh, the, so we are, child, you know, because it's, it, it, it's called the Earth is Ghetto Podcast. What would we do without an interruption? But anyway, <laughs> so once, I kind of love that. There's <laughs> some shit going on. I love that. I, it, it's a part of our zhuzh at this point. Um, but so it's the, not very uh, And so the next one um, that I'm very glad that Aaron decided to bring up. So I'm going to go ahead and let Aaron take this one. Um, Anti-Blackness in football. I have so many thoughts, but I want you to get it started. Yeah, um, yeah, football is anti-black. The NBA is too. Um, mainly, most of these sports that most of these sports that are predominantly black men, anti-black. And you're not going to sit here and tell me that it's not giving slave auction either, because the way that I'm seeing you white folks react um, at the performance of these black players is very telling. And then y'all have to preseasonal draft where you pick your slave I mean your black man to play in the sport like it's all connected and y'all just be flipping shit and setting shit on fire when you don't have your way or when you do have your way and it's like if they perform it's like good boy and then when they mess up it's like go back to the projects and y'all can never do right it's just I see y'all snow pops and how y'all be reacting y'all be doing too much with these fucking sports and it's giving very much like make me like entertain me boy like i don't like it and that's all i got to say with that <laughs> agape socks yep, sounded no like lies there. <laughs> no lies there no lies were said and it's i mean what did that no name song say dance monkey dance that's how they be mm -hmm. acting it's just we're entertainment to them we can only be ballers rappers or uh, dancers, you know, mm -hmm. they just be continuously missing the plot. These yeast yates, these melanin deficients, these um, <laughs> these children of the talk. I'm tired, baby. I'm tired. I say this to Sid like every time we talk on WhatsApp. I'm tired. I am so 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 tired. Um. So when it comes to this particular topic. I just want to say that I grew up with my father being obsessed with basketball, not so much football because, you know, he's Bahamian and that's not real football, the real football. You, you, we, we already know the Eastern European influence. It's fine. Um, so, so, um, and one of the things that I noticed was I remember the first time I actually watching a draft pick. And my experience of not really watching sports and actually watching a draft pick was very strange because they weighed them. 
They let them know, let us know what their muscle mass was, like whatever percentage muscle mass that they had, how fast they could run, what they could do. They have all of these stats. And I, in my mind, I'm like, why don't you tell him to stick out his tongue and lift his balls while you're at it? Because this is where I feel like we're at. And uh, Colin Kaepernick, I remember when he came out with his uh, show, which I thought was very interesting. Everybody should watch it, I think, just so we could get a little um, idea of what transracial adoption can look like for a lot of Black folks. Um, but I remember that during that show, he actually made the he actually made the visual correlation between draft picks in football and slavery. He literally had the draft picks on one side and the Oxinger block on the other. And remember, this is still a man who is actually right now still trying to get into football. He loves the game that much knowing, even though 70 to 80% of the players are black and 99% of the owners are white. Um, I believe it was one time a um, owner of a football team says, we are, let's say we can't go ahead and let the prisoners go ahead and have control because they saw themselves as the prison guards. So I just want to say that the, the correlation between anti-Blackness and football is not only so apparent, I feel like it's sad that most people don't see it because they get all into the patriotism of it. I don't even know, I don't even know what to call it, the people who just love this shit so much, even though that these players are dying. Yes, you pay them a couple million dollars. That's still a percentage of what the owners make. And they've got CTEs to deal with. Some of them are paralyzed for life, brain issues. They end up murdering their spouses after they found out all the things that have happened to their brain. Like we have, and, and we're not even gonna talk about all of the things that players have done abusive towards women that the both of these leagues have covered up just to make sure that they still got a player on their team. But yeah, just want to say that. Yeah, girl, and like I said, y'all not because I've been I made a video about it, a little short video on TikTok, and I had to block some white folks say it has nothing to do with that. I'm like, girl, of course your white ass is gonna say that. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, y'all are not serious people. I had to I blocked so many um Elmer's glue sticks that day. <laughs> hmm. I can't stand you. Okay, so so, <laughs> so so moving on to the next topic, which I have to thank Agape for. Um, and just remember you're still you're still talking to a full room of immigrant kids. <laughs> like this is this is where we are. Uh Aaron's actually uh the only one who, who's at, who's actually born in Jamaica and here. Uh, we we just born here with different cultures for parents. Let's just be uh, perfectly honest. And um the cult of family is what Agape and I were um, really discussing. And they actually sent a video that I'm gonna make sure that I play because I want everybody to hear it because I think it's really important. So we're just gonna, uh, let's stay here. We're gonna share the screen again. Thank you for still doing your things and playing as I say, please play. All right. Ethnic kids were the home and they pay rent for them. I was sleeping in a storm cupboard. Oh my God, I felt for the first time ever I could sleep at night peacefully. I wasn't afraid of my dad coming up the stairs or getting shouted at in the morning if we weren't up at a certain time. I also remember that feeling of actually finally being able to breathe. I remember I laid down, um, it was like at 1 p.m. in the middle of the day 
after a lecture at university, I lay down in my room and I immediately felt this guilt that, oh, my parents are going to come and tell me off. And then I remember this sudden relief of, I'm not at my parents' house. I'm, I'm in my own environment. I'm safe. And since leaving home, it's taken around five years, but I've undone those patterns. And I realized that, yeah, ethnic kids, third culture kids, we do pay with our mental health by living at home. And there are certain things that are their rules, which we thought were life rules. And it's so odd. Like, for example, I remember, like, if I didn't have lunch at 12, on the dot, I was a bad person. And I remembered I would always eat at specific times. But then when I left home, I was like, oh, I don't have to eat now. I can eat a bit later. <laughs> and it, it, it's just those little things that made me feel guilty. I, I felt guilty that I actually had my own space. I had my own room. I never had my own room before. But it was refreshing at the same time and unlearning all these patterns. And I'll be honest with you, it just feels nice that I can even, I can sit in my car right now. I can make a video. I would never have been able to do this if I was living at home. If my dad looked out the driveway and he saw me, he would have shouted at me. He'd been like, what are you doing? When you're growing up in a third culture house, you aren't allowed a moment to yourself. It's like you're not entitled to it. It's like, oh, you're having time for yourself? You're selfish. How dare you? Your time is our time. But when you leave the house, you realize this is your world. Like, I exist outside of this little dome. And I can be me and do me. I can go for walks now and listen to music. It's a simple little thing, but like, I didn't realize that this privilege actually existed until I left home. And so my point to you is if those of you lot who are going, at, um, going through this, I'm not encouraging you to run away. Obviously have that conversation with your family. And if you can't, then you've got to look at other avenues. But I have to be honest, you are paying for your mental health, especially as a third culture kid, because they have this culture that they're still trying to run, our parents, in another country where it doesn't work. Our clothes are different here, our food is different here, our accent is different here. Things are different. Doesn't mean they both can't exist. But when one's trying to outdo the other, it's never going to work. And I think that's the struggle of being a third culture kid. And I speak more of this in my book, which is coming out soon. Ethnic kids. Ooh. Ooh. Who wants Ooh. to start? I will start. Um... Yeah, that that was a lot, even watching it for like a third time. I just, I mean, it's so true. Everything that was said in that video, your time is not your own time. I mean, Lily, you had sent the video link and my mom texted me at that minute. Hey, can you go get me bananas? I'm feeling sleepy. She's studying for some something for work and that's been stressing out, whatever. But it's like you always something to do. Hey, go buy me Jack Daniels from from the store. Uh, you know, and this nigga could be just got home. Oh, I forgot. Nigga, you ain't forget. You know you have a, a errand <laughs> errand child. It, you know, it, it could be one spoon. Wow, that dish is in the sink. You know I don't like that. Mm -hmm. it's so that. <laughs> I think we're all having flashbacks right now. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just like like why is my my earliest memory one of you screaming at my mother and telling me to shut the fuck up because I dared ask you why you're screaming. Like the trauma we go through 
like literally just yesterday this nigga was drunk and wilding downstairs i recorded him because now it's just okay i'm not gonna say nothing i'm gonna bite my tongue and i'm gonna keep receipts so you can't say i didn't say that mm. just they love I, like yeah they, they uh, baby insta hard i don't know okay so okay perfect segue I've told Sid about this. Um, my father, um, my sperm donor, uh, in January, I was going through a depressive episode. You know, I had graduated in December, trying to get my entry-level job in my major, got a psychology degree. I came home, and I see a packing slip for Instahard Max Performance Supplements. So I'm like, I know that's not what I think it is i know that's not what i think it is so you know click 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 clack 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 typed it up it's for what i thought it was <laughs> it's the hard <laughs> supplements basically generic viagra might as well be <laughs> because uh he'd been smoking weed since he was 12 and drinking since then he's what 53 so 41, 42-ish years of drinking yes. and smoking. So, I mean, I would say poor mama, but hey, your mother warned you. Your own mother said, hey, you can do this by yourself. She told me she thought of taking me and running. Choices are choices. Mm. And, um... Mm. No, go ahead, Aaron. I because I, I, cause I know you have a lot <laughs> of recent experience with this in particular. Girl, when I tell you, like, that's all I knew, like, was if anything outside of home is bad, if it's inside, it's good, no matter what it is, no matter what I go through, because it's, again, that's when the gaslighting comes in. Everything that we're doing to you is for your own good because we want the best for you. So... I was taught to just shut up and just whatever it is, that's how it should be. If I'm not working 14 jobs, I'm a piece of shit and won't amount up to anything. If I'm not always constantly hustling, quote unquote hustling, then I'm just a lazy piece of shit. And if I question things, then I'm just I'm just a, a shitty person. Like that's what I grew up on. Girl, you, you Jamaican parents. <laughs> Listen. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So as, you know, a 36-year-old woman who lives at home with her mother, uh, uh, until Mexico, this is how we are, this is how we're saving, sorry. Um, I will let you know that it is, it's a very difficult thing for the, for that type of parent to see you as an adult. Like no matter what, they have to, um, they they will end up treating you in a way where it feels like almost infantile. Um, and I will say that thankfully in my experience, and I have to say I'm very, very thankful, my mom at least is a person who is willing to listen to me. That is not always been the case, but we grown up, okay. But also... Um, most importantly, it gave me space to be able to breathe, to realize that I still had a life of my own, which is not something that I'm hearing from either of your stories where you were. And remember, that's a, that's a, that's an adult thing. God knows that wasn't happening when I was a kid, when I was a kid, come on. 
Um, but we also know there are people who are straight adults that are abiding by some crazy rules because they have immigrant parents. I knew a chick who was 28 years old who was like, I still have a curfew because I live with my parents. She moved back home after losing her apartment um, because of, of an eviction because she lost her job. But of course, in their mind, for her parents, they're like, oh, you're lazy. That's why you're back here to eat shit pot. So it was almost like they had to, yes, yes. So it was almost like they had to punish her by making, it was almost like I have to put you back in a child's place because you couldn't make it out there. And, and thankfully that wasn't something that I experienced after I left the house. Like after I initially first left the house and ended up having to come back as we had to do in this economy, I'm sorry, um, I didn't have to go through that. But for a lot of immigrant parents, it doesn't matter. You live under this roof, you don't have choices. You don't have opinions, opinions. Who gives a fuck about your opinion? Right. And they make it very clear. They make it very clear. Yeah. And and for those people, I have to say, like, my heart really goes out because there are going to be white people say, well, can you, like, have a conversation with them about how you're feeling? Because I feel like if you did, they would understand. Um, and it don't work that way. Not with Caribbean parents. And I don't have that much experience, but I'm assuming not African parents either. <laughs> just <laughs> probably not Indian parents, probably not South Asian <laughs> parents. Like it, it's why when you go into therapy, it's so important for somebody to be able to relate to you in some way, because otherwise they're going to give you the stupidest advice ever. They're going to give you the, can you just like sit down and just talk to them? Nigga, are you crazy? Did you hear anything I said? Oh. <laughs> Who's talking? Child, you trying to get me beat up? Do you, you see what I'm saying? Like, it don't okay, work. Spell talk where I come from. <laughs> just saying, but I just I'm gonna. To... I get the full mixed best lecture monologue from my father. It, it it's no talk. This is sit down and listen to me going forty different directions for four hours. But think I about... couldn't even tie my shoes, and this nigga was lecturing me for four hours at like age four. Nigga, the fuck? I'm trying to eat fruit snacks and watch Power Rangers. <laughs> Not fruit <laughs> snacks and Power Things a, a four-year-old would do. <laughs> like, it, it, it just, and but that's why I really thought it was so important to talk about the cult of family because there's, that we've broken out. Do you see what I'm saying? Whether we live at home with our parents or not, we've broken out of having to live in that mold. There are those of us who will fight anybody who says anything negative about our parents even if that other person knows how terrible they've been to us. Like, I feel like the cult mm -hmm. of family doesn't allow us to have any kind of pride or dignity because we constantly have to lay it to the wayside for people who don't respect us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But uh, going on to the next one. Oh, child. I'm, I'm going to play the video later. But let's get into the uh, sexy red discourse. Who wants to start? Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I, I'll go ahead. Okay. Um, I said it before and I'll say it again to the Black people who are saying, um, this is why white people can't take us seriously because of people like her and saying she's the bad look for Black folk. 
y'all are anti-black and have internalized misogyny war and y'all are not serious people because it don't matter what the fuck we do in the eyes of whiteness we're still niggas to them and they will still shoot your ass for playing music too loud or if they feel uncomfortable so i this whole respectability thing it ain't gonna work because as long as you are black in this world that is radical in and of itself so i don't like when y'all be saying well she needs to tone it down you can't tone this down in the eyes of whiteness. It's not, you can't tone it down. I don't care how much, you might can bleach it if you hate yourself enough, but they still want to call the police on your ass. And that's all I got to say with that. Y'all got some internalized anti-blackness to deal with. Um, and then that, this also goes into the conversation of how, because I also saw what seems to be more professional. That goes hand in hand with white supremacy as well. Professionalism, quote unquote. Because what is professional? <laughs> you know That's what? Let me, let, Agape, go. Go, go, child. <laughs> I got so much to Yeah. Yeah. I ain't never seen nobody tell Snoop Dogg to be professional when he dressed in all blue and was crip walking at the, uh, what was it? The performance with Dr. Dre? Super Bowl? Whatever the fuck that was? Mm-hmm. Baby. Uh, uh, too short. Flavor Flav. 50 Cent, all these misogynistic rappers, Kendrick's done it too, show me something natural like Afro on which Richard Pratt. Baby, let black women and femmes do what the fuck they want to do. I mean, it's a cool little ditty or whatever, but it's it's really tiresome how much people would just let black men who rap say any and everything. You know, Zach Fox said, I'm going to dip my balls into some thousand dollar dressing. Cause I got depression, and obviously Zach Fox is a joke rapper. I mean, he like he's not serious, but it's like I ain't see nobody calling that out. Uh, it just when women do something that's sexual, like they love to sexualize women, but not they don't love sexually liberated women who own their sexuality. Women are an object. Yeah, as I was saying, they see women as objects for their pleasure. I mean, and. That could go into a a hundred different side discussions or intersected discussions because the intersection intersectionality of it all. But then y'all love to say, oh, you know, I love Chine Aiko, I love Queen Latifah, I love so and so. And it's like they be talking about sex, Erica Badu be talking about sex, Lauren Hill be talking about sex, but they do it in a lyrical way. Rhapsody even too talks about sex, but it's done in a lyrical, smooth way. It's polished. Even Common got a song talking about a threesome and oh his girl you know, loved another woman. And I told, yeah, like, I remember telling my homie who is much more into lyricism. I mean, I'm as into lyricism, but like, he didn't catch that. I was like, nigga, you ain't catch that this shit about sex? This nigga talking about threesomes and shit (laughs) and all that. And you ain't catch it? Like, common, probably a freak on the low. I had this discussion on the side with Sid, but these conscious niggas, so-called conscious niggas, be real freaky deaky. (laughs) <laughs> just just saying um and the the so i'm gonna go ahead and end it on so i need people to stop being so selective with their outrage because it seems like you just have your moments where like this is what you feel is outrageous you didn't think it was outrageous when rick ross said i gave her a molly and she didn't even know it we didn't go ahead and scream outrage when we heard some dmx lyrics basically talking about rape 
we we did not raise any outrage <laughs> like it, it like it, the shit goes on and on and on and on and on like we still support dr dre who was beating on women where is your outrage you don't really care you just want to police black women Suki Hana just talking about eating niggas ass and I eat a niggas ass. Like, okay, so what? Have you ever heard of Trina talking about I'm gonna fuck you when your kids is going? Did you did you, you never heard of Trina? Like it don't make any fucking sense. And it's really crazy that after having people like um like you got Luke, you got you got so many people out here just say crazy shit on a regular basis. And for some reason we don't seem to care. But whenever it's a black woman, we feel the need to police. And I promise you, if this was a black femme man, like Lil Nas X, we would be in the same type of outrage. I need everybody to understand that very quickly because it's about the femininity on blackness that they find offensive. I need you to wrap that around. There's something about blackness mixed with femininity, dark skin blackness mixed with femininity mm. that is so disgusting to people because when it comes to colorism, we see dark skin black people as you can only be assertive, only be masculine. So to me, Mix that with femininity, it's just too much for them to handle. And they just can't, they can't take it. <laughs> they, they, they literally because have Because you're supposed to be, mm-hmm, it drives them crazy. It like, it's like, it's like, they want them to be either or, like, no, bitch, I'm dark-skinned and feminine. Like, this, this mm -hmm. is what it is. And, and if we noticed, especially with Lil Nas X, there was such a huge problem because that first song, Old Town Road, which I guess didn't announce his gayness, was something that even Lil White Kids was bumping. So as soon as they found out, and that nigga says, I'm a power bottom, hey. that all of the outrage decides to come up. I was like, you too young for me anyway, so I don't care. But yeah. like, because <laughs> I was being selfish. Because um, that's a fine ass man, but the, again, I, oh baby, mm. see, see, y'all could do that. I have to be like you feel like you, 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 you a child. But um, I, I feel like uh, for a lot of the things, just like when you just mentioned Janae Aiko and all of these other more ambiguous black women who speak about the same thing. Anybody ever listen to Pussy Fairy? Mm -hmm. No, nobody's listened to Pussy Fairy. Nigga, stop it. And no, there was no outrage when she said, "Eat my groceries." So, so mm -hmm. I need y'all really stop. Um, because it's apparent and your anti-blackness is showing. Yeah, and can we talk about, like, well, I'll mention it briefly, but y'all remember Cannabis, maybe Sidma, I don't know, and, but, mm -hmm. like, years back when he said, you ain't got the skills to eat a nigga ass like me, there's no, there's no logic <laughs> behind yeah. that. There's no explanation <laughs> in a cishet like wait, you ain't got the skills to eat a nigga ass like me mm. so you like eating the booties like groceries too is that what you're saying hmm. <laughs> i smell a conspiracy <laughs> not a conspiracy not i smell a conspiracy no but in all honesty i feel like whenever we get discourse like this it just reaffirms that for black women and femmes we are not going to be safe and it's just even more disheartening to find that as black queer people we are always going to be here to defend black women but a lot of black cisgendered women are always going to be here to defend us
And we see that with the transphobia that does happen on a regular basis. And this is why we're talking about it. This is why I say nobody's safe on this podcast. I don't know, you're gonna tell us that we hate black women too? I'm sorry, you cannot put a Band-Aid over a bullet hole every single time you have an issue. Y'all care too much about diplomacy and politics and respectability politics. That's what you care about instead of actually fixing our fucking community. Mm-hmm. But y'all, here we are. It's okay, let's they get on They only care about it in public, then behind private doors, among family, then they want to say any and every wild shit. Uh, and we're just supposed to sit there like, oh, I love you. Thanks, family. Anyway, uh, so uh, the next one um, that I'm, I'm actually going to have um, Aaron start on this one, deconstruction and religious trauma. Something that all of us <laughs> have gone through. Yeah, girl. Um, honestly, if you are a Black LGBT person, it's been time for you to deconstruct that. And <laughs> just our being just goes against that whole system, rather it be any of the Abrahamic religions. Um, did you or Agape put this topic? Agape? Okay, yeah. I, As y'all know, I am an atheist. Um, and I've been told, well, how can you be black and an atheist that just don't seem right i'm like why not what are you talking about like if anything me being a holy rolling saint and black is don't seem right because this we wasn't taught that um well i can't fucking came from what are you talking about but um yeah i grew up in the church was in the church every sunday wednesday hell sometimes every sunday wednesday thursday and was a saint, honey, a silent sissy of the pew, just sitting there acting like, <laughs> just, you know, what knew all the scriptures, honey, led the choir, was in the choir, and just wasn't happy and knew damn well I wasn't happy, but I thought it was for the greater good because it teaches you to deny who you are before you even know who you are. So I'm thinking, oh, well, the bigger picture is being in heaven, even though we don't worship in his ass for the eternity, like, bitch, if you're all-powerful and you know that, why do you need to create beings to do that? You That should just be a given thing. That's what holding the conversation. Um, but, yeah, um, if you're Black and queer, it's okay to ask questions and question it um, and find what works best for you. Don't let these white folks and just tell you, oh, this is how it should be. Because it's it's not. And I was, I, and Sydney, I've been doing more research on African spirituality because um, I told you about the little, you witnessed my little uh, epiphany I had not so long ago when I got high as fuck. I was like, girl. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And yeah, it's so for me, you know, grew up Christian, like I said, among these cornfield Caucasians mega churches multiple my mom currently is active in a mega church volunteer serves regularly like every week um i was in you know multiple religious stuff going wednesdays to youth groups my dad taught me how to look at the bible and so many whatever hyper spiritual christian etc 
as in basically Christian Boy and Girl Scouts, Awana, which is based off of the Bible verse, 2 Timothy 1.15, be a worker, prove not ashamed. And it's just all performance, 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 perfectionism. And it's supposed to be a relationship, yet you can't question anything. You can't critically critically think. Like they, they want you to deconstruct, but only if you agree with them. And otherwise it's labeled as church hurt. If you think of color outside their lines, you're a rebel, you're this, you're that. So I got used to just not like openly questioning stuff. And then I don't know. I just I like lost it. I feel like I started to lose it when my aunt got sick. And then when she passed after being sick for so long. And then she was like finally healthy and then she passed. And then in the past 10 years, so it's been 10 years. And it's like slowly, and I say in the past five years, I just accelerated to last year. I was like, okay, all vestiges of me labeling, identifying as a Christian, they're gone, they're done period, erase, zilch, not happening. And I'm just like exploring slowly. I reject monotheistic, uh, pie in the sky, whatever. It doesn't seem logical to me. There's too many inconsistencies and it's a system of control. They will keep badgering you and telling you it's relationship, not religion, but that's all semantics and bullshit and many of these christians haven't even read the bible themselves you know i recently had a a dinner and drinks night with my cousins and before i came out to them you know they were like i had mentioned something about not being christian anymore and they started badgering me and ganging up on me and oh what, what do you mean this that and the third and it's just like how please you haven't even read the whole bible once i've read it five times before i was 12 and then the last time i read it was three years ago you're not gonna come to me and i've studied more than your pastor daddy that just got ordained in march please sit the fuck down um uh so first of all well said <laughs> um and um secondly i feel like um as uh, the as a gpk <laughs> grandchild preacher's kid um i feel like people they'll take their childhood trauma in reference to religious trauma and they'll say to themselves in order to rationalize continuing to go to church well those people were just bad people but we're not gonna mention the verses that they use to rationalize all of the abuse they had towards us. Um, because in the Bible, uh, they said there's not no reason for separation other than infidelity. You have people who are getting beaten in their marriages saying, guess what? Because, because he's not cheating on me, he's only beating on me, I have to stay. I feel like we don't realize not just the abuse that it causes, but the lives that it takes, the lives that religion takes on a regular basis. And just because you are still walking around doesn't mean that religion hasn't taken your life. I wanna make that real, real, real clear. Um, and especially the way that 
we are now seeing a theocracy come into place. We were just talking about Project 2025, and they're literally using Bible verses to take away our rights as people. Is that any different from calling Black people cursed by the uh, cursed by Ham? And that's why we were, it was okay for us to be slaves. You got Bible verses literally condoning slavery. Well, uh, anyway, it's all right. We're we going to move on. We're going to move on. I just, I just, <laughs> it all feels real stupid right now. And I hate to be, um, ooh, insensitive to Black queer people still in church. And there are some times where I feel so much empathy. And there are some times where I just feel so much shame. Sorry. <laughs> I know that feels fucked up to say, but I'm being honest. Uh, but let's go hey, ahead. Girl, and listen, on. I have I've had a few black queer folks message me on TikTok who's still in the church saying, like, like, how did you how were you able to get out? Because they're secretly trying to get out. Mm. I'm like, girl, something like I get it. Like everyone's story is different. And it's not gonna be the same for everyone. For me, I just had to rip the band-aid off. That's literally what I had to do for me. Me telling you to just stop going, it doesn't, it's, unfortunately, it doesn't work because there is community in the church and Black queer people are drawn to community. Um, so, but yeah, it's really, like you said, it's, I feel a lot of shame. And then also, I just feel sad. I'm like, girl, but <laughs> I'm like, girl, why y'all still follow me? Because I be dragging the hell out y'all guy. I don't mm -hmm. damn. I'll be like, how are you <laughs> How are you still on Aaron's page? That's crazy. No, because they be dragging the shit out of you every other Sunday. Like, that's crazy. Okay, child. But uh, and the, I mean, sometimes I feel like you could, they got a humiliation kink, but I feel like that's another topic for another no, day. Yeah, they got a shame kink, a humiliation kink. Look, I was doing things while I identified as a Christian that, um, hmm. Yeah, it's safe to say I got a shame kink now. Um, that's part of why it was kind of... <laughs> Just you know, lukewarm Christian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not lukewarm. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so we are gonna move on to the next topic. And this one is gonna be something I'm sure we all have lots of opinions on. Um, and we are going to start with um Aaron. So Erica Mena and Spice. Um <laughs> There's this thing with Antonio and I talked about it and he, he dragged the hell out of her. I said, period. But um there's this thing with um some Afro Latino or Afro Latinos. It's like they pick and choose when they want to pick and choose when they want to be black or the black part of themselves, they pick and choose when they want it and when they don't want it. And that was I'm saying it's racist. I don't think she's people are saying, Oh, she's black. It was racist for me. I don't think she is. In this society, they're not going to see her as Black. So for her to call her a monkey was racist. And that's just that and that. And then she's going to come out and say, well, I got a Black husband and my Black kids. I'm like, girls, see y'all, you picking and choosing. <laughs> because white people, oh, well, I'm, my friend's Black. That's not going to work. You know what you, and then make the noises, the ooh, ooh, ah, ah noises. She knew what the fuck she was doing. You're not like people say oh, it's not anti-blackness. It was everything like that was textbook anti-blackness and textbook racism. What she did. So, um, yeah, I don't have much to say because if I, <laughs> I ain't trying to go in tonight. 
I'm just because you know I could. Oh, honey, I'm ready to pick up. It sounds exactly like these these uh these Karens with black kids who you know they they fuck with the Taekwondo, uh, Devante, whoever, and uh oh, it's it's not racist if I say it because um, I I fucked with Devante and you know he's my black king, you know black dick matters. <laughs> So, <laughs> so <laughs> listen, I have a few things to say as the person who actually watches this type of smut and it's smut, let's be honest. Um, as a person who watches this type of, uh, of smut, love and hip hop, I've, I've been a long time watcher. I only just recently stopped because I was like, you're not even pretending to be real. I hate you bitches now. Now in this particular scene, I, I have a lot to spread around. So we're just going to start with Spice. Spice, why are you fighting so hard for Safari? Why did you sit this woman down to go talk about Safari who has literally taken his entire penis and gone through almost every cast that he has ever been on? Just, just, just wondering, why are you defending him so hard as a person who's not even trying to be a father to his kids? He's here pretending to date Amara Negra. And honestly, I say pretending because I'm going to pretend that Amara Negra knows better. Sorry. And, and gives these niggas, little niggas, Rolexes, her little babies, Rolexes, while he's not even being there for your kid. And Spice, but you want to sit down with Erica Mena to go ahead and talk about how you need to be there for Safari and you need to be with, like, you need to give Safari a break for being a shitty parent. I do not understand what the fuck you were doing there in the first place. And the reason why I'm starting with you, Spice, is because after what Erica Mena said, it erased everything. So that's why I'm starting with you. I gotta make sure to start with you first. So Miss, and, and, and listen, me gotta call you Grace. Grace, Jesus Christ. Why you gotta sit down with this lady and what, what, what's your problem? That was so weird to me. What you defending this nigga? Are you fucking too? Are you getting some dick for Safari too? Jesus. Okay. Erica, oh, you big tooth-ass bitch. I, because I don't even know how many times you've gotten your teeth done, but they're getting bigger and bigger. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Which, what, what, I, you, I don't know what country you went to to get this shit done. It don't look right. It don't fit your mouth, but it's okay. Listen, this is not your first bout of anti-Blackness. This has not been your first bout of anti-Blackness. And the fact that all Miss Grace had to say was that your son don't like you. You've had all kinds of Black men in your face tell you that your son don't like you. You ain't gonna decide to call them no blue monkey and start making noise, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. You fucking bad body ass bitch. Let me tell you something. You look like you got a diaper on, but we're not gonna talk about that. That's fine. All right? But I'm gonna be very, very real with you. You... Have this has not been your first bout with anti-blackness. You called Johnny Blaze a monkey. Now you call him Spice a monkey. You've always been this anti-black. And the fact that you decide to go ahead and take your pussy to a microphone and actually say that you are now Afro-Latina makes no sense to me because that's not what you were saying before. And also, 
One last thing, love and hip hop. Stop pretending you fired this bitch. You said she won't be returning for the next season. You don't think niggas can read? Hmm? All right, that's it. Now that's how you clear a bitch. Period. I know that's fucking right. (laughs) That's why I said, girl, I ain't gonna say too much because I know Sid gonna eat and leave no crumbs and do say what I want to say. Yeah, cleared. (laughs) Flawless victory. I I, listen. I just, I just, we we're not about to have these issues and problems. Okay. Um. So now we have two last topics. Let's talk about Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Now, because I don't feel like any of us is usually in white people's business, this is something that we just all cross, to be honest with you. We just like, oh shit, from that show back in the day, we do it crazy. That's really what happened. But we we have to keep a you know abreast of the Caucasian madness, you know. Um, so we are going to move over to this video right quick because I want y'all to be able to see it and hear it. So let me go ahead and share my screen. All right. Let's go ahead and play this one. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. Was this not predictable and easily avoidable pain? Certainly we could have foreseen victims of said rape or anyone aware of said rape being disturbed by words seemingly encouraging leniency in the punishing of said rapist and withheld those words. No, if we cared about said predictable pain. No. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. No, you don't. And no, you haven't. In fact, one could argue, maybe not you, Mila, though you certainly should know better, but that one next to you created a victim. What's funny is when she was, she was 14 when we started the show. I was like 19, right? Right. And they're like, okay, you guys are going to be making out in this scene. And I'm like thinking like, wait, this is like slightly illegal, right? I was going to say, that's probably your first kiss ever, right? It was my first kiss. Why did someone bet you made with Danny about our first kiss? No, it wasn't the first kiss. <laughs> no, it was like the second or third kiss. It was the first. It was like the first week. No, it was not the first week. Whatever. Let me tell you what All happened. Right, no, let no, me tell no, you. No, what happened. no. Okay, yeah. so I've never kissed yeah. a guy. So okay. I was, I was so. I mean, you know, Ash was attractive, and yeah. I was a fourteen-year-old little girl, and I was extremely scared for my life. Sure. And then, but he, he was very nice about it. He was like, "Oh, don't worry." So I was like, "Okay." Then Danny goes and goes, "Dude, I'll give you ten dollars if you French kiss her." What would you stick my stick your tongue in my mouth or some? What? No, 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 no. Ten dollars. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years, so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. It could just be me, but I don't think how good someone was to me years ago would be super relevant when they're found guilty of raping two people. I think I'd probably keep my anecdotals to myself, but we're all different. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read. Oh, so you thought you could secretly vouch for a rapist and it'd be fine because nobody would know. I mean, morals aren't for everyone. Um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. If your words directly contradict the testimony of the victims, 
the testimony proven true in the court of law, what purpose would they serve if not to undermine? As for re-traumatizing, I mean, a victim of rape having to come forward against rich, powerful, likable people in Hollywood only to be accused of lying, stalked, and tormented by rich, powerful, likable people in Hollywood. What could be traumatizing about that? And we're sorry if that has taken place. If? Our heart goes out to every single person who has been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. You seem a little annoyed, Mila. And I get it. It sucks when our words have to match our actions, otherwise people start doing this weird thing called holding you accountable. Apparently, you can't actively harm victims whilst saying you support victims. What kind of world is this? Listen, facetiousness is real doesn't shock me. And not in a big, bad Hollywood type of way where we already know rich and powerful people do bad things and use their wealth and power to cover it up but more so in a everyone is for accountability until it comes to people they know and love and care about kind of way it is very unfortunate and true that more people than you would think would cover for and protect abusers because they know them and love them and have good memories with them please know that you can't put anything past anyone okay um, first of all, I just want to say, despite that I do not trust Black people who wear um, colored contacts, everything that she said was absolute facts. <laughs> she said, wow, apparently you can't say that your four victims were also abusing them. What kind of world hmm. is this? <laughs> well, she said, if. I was like, oh, I almost lost it when she said, if. <laughs> but, but who wants to go first? I'll jump in. Um... It just started off from the jump. We are aware of the pain caused by the harm to victims in what we, bitch, please. Take yo, yo, I don't wash my, my legs. I wash my face twice a week as on. Please, <laughs> respect, That's no, disrespectfully. Sad. You don't deserve my respect. Y'all can go straight to Satan's prostate. Do not pass go, do not collect. $200 of that Monopoly money, go straight to, to Satan's prostate. Rest in there, lick the crusty booty crumbs. No. <laughs> no. No. Because y'all talking about, this isn't the person we knew for 25 years. What do y'all think about serial killers' wives and children? What do you think about these snapped episodes on oxygen that they ran for seven 10 15 years dateline etc they all have the same plot we didn't know how could he do this he was so unhinged i loved him how could he tear apart our family like this oh my god <laughs> i'm like girl and then <laughs> the the bet with a 19 year old Ashton Kutcher to kiss a 14-year-old? Sir? What Nick. what are we doing? What what are we what 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 are we doing? <laughs> oh, I, God. I'm done. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, please tell me your thoughts. <laughs> Girl, it doesn't suffice. <laughs> He's just always rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> so it, I'm not really surprised. Um, 
Oh, God, I hit the words right out of my mouth. I really, <laughs> I, I really have much to say about it. I mean, you know, and this is why I always believe victims first because they love to say, oh, well, we got to wait till more stuff come out. No, bitch, because I'm not one of those. Because when you get to believe them first, then you can get to the bottom of it and see what the T is instead of saying, oh, well, what if? And that was so long ago, so we don't know. And then when shit actually happens and you overhear what if and Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it Talk about him. And it's like, why are y'all going toe to toe for niggas you don't know personally? And like, I had a whole just triggering discussion like, oh, you know, they're such good people. And it would be such a shame. This was by a cishet black man. I'm not going to mention his name. If you're listening to this, if it hits you, it hits you. You know, we had a whole discussion what? about this. And you was in the wrong. Education is elevation. You ain't do your research. Mm. And I did. And these niggas ain't shit. They're just, just, just some more colonizers. Just some more, you know, uh, are people trying to profitable rich niggas? Yeah. So it is what it is. They really ain't got no ethics. Are we surprised? They don't wash their legs, and that's literally what I said when mm-hmm. I shared it. And then this nigga want to go to town, caping for these celebrities. Captain Saberho, also a big Aubrey Graham cracker. But that's another discussion. He probably gonna cry if he listened to this. And I'm sorry, but I'm saying how I feel. I stand ten toes down. That's it is what it is. And if you don't like it, you can lick my booty hole and suck my balls that I don't want. Hey, come on, that I don't want. So, all right. Um, I I know that we. I don't know if we've talked about the Rose situation that black woman who got hit in the face with a brick and uh, everybody decided to try and disbelieve her. And this is after she posted like the intake paperwork, the police report, all of these different Mm. things. We already have a record of women not being believed, especially black women. We already know how hard it is to get rape cases to go to trial. If a rape case went to trial, nigga, you did the shit, sorry. Because they do everything in their power to make sure that rape cases do not go to court. And that's the truth. We have to think about all of the rape kits that are just sitting in hospitals untested. Thousands of them per hospital. In Joe DiMaggio Hospital last time I checked, it was 9,000 rape kits untested because those were the victims that they didn't think were the right victims. So they actually found Mm -hmm. these white women who are actually the right victims, able to go ahead and take them to court. Because you remember, when you accuse somebody of something like that, you got to be above reproach. Let's be fucking real. And the reason why I brought up the Roe situation because we already have such a history of women not being believed. And the fact that we have two celebrities who have started a human trafficking foundation who have decided to go ahead and write support letters for their friend, the rapist. Because I don't feel like he needs a name on this podcast. Um, it's not shocking, but I, but I hope this is starting to break some of the parasocial issues that a lot of people have where they feel like just because you like this person and this thing that they do, that it suddenly means that they're good people. You don't know that nigga. That's all. That's all. So because it is getting to be that time, 
we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. But one of the first things that I want to say is Agape, thank you so much for coming to the podcast and sharing all of your thoughts with us for being such an awesome listener. Let me tell you something. When Agape went ahead and sent me um, a voice note telling um, me that me and Aaron's podcast was able to give them like a safe space. It was so healing because we go through so much to make sure we can give this podcast to you guys. We go like, like whether we be <laughs> battling everything, <laughs> whether it be our, our, our families, our daily lives, capitalism, we'd be battling everything to bring this podcast to you. And it is listeners like Agape that make it so worth it. To do, I was I was in tears, child. I'm like, oh my god, am I on my period? <laughs> that was so beautiful. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you so much for coming to the podcast and giving us uh, your beautiful trans light that we can go and shine on other Black queer people who listen. Period. Yeah, we love thank having you, you for on. Having you will definitely be on again. Oh no, Agape gonna be gonna be a return co-host child. Next time on Dragon Ball. You stuck with us now. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I love this podcast so dearly. Like I be listening to it like either every day or every other day because it gives me life and just a sense of escapism and all the, the drudgery of everyday life. Yeah, we want to make a Black queer safe space, something, because we know like Black queer people, we don't have a safe space. We say that all the time. Mm-hmm. So we just, we wanted this podcast to be an arsenal for Black queer folks. Um, did you listen to all the episodes? Or are you still listening? I've listened to like a good, like 30. I was listening to the one oh. about Black femicide earlier. And you said like literally the exact same thing verbatim today that you said on that episode, which is from like April of last, no, yeah, last year. I think it was April 8th because I was listening to it like this afternoon. Period. Yeah. Oh, it makes me feel so happy to be like, oh, I was listening to this episode. Like, nigga, what did we say? But like, <laughs> like, because it's not like we go back and listen to these things, but. I, I'm just I, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful to my amazing co-host, Aaron, who continues to hold it down and put up with all of my over-talkative mess. We've been working on it. I'm better now. <laughs> A lot better now. If it, look, if anything, like we you know, we we just balance each other out. It just works. It's hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> For real though. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and have Aaron take us out. Please remember that being queer is African at all times. Period. All right, niggas and friends. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Earth is Ghetto Podcast. You can listen to all of our ap- episodes on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, anywhere you can stream the podcast. You can follow our podcast Instagram page, which is earth underscore un- Oops, Earth underscore is underscore ghetto underscore. You can follow me on Instagram at Aaron eighty seventy seven, and Sid on Instagram at Natural Spirits of Negro. Or is that your TikTok? No, no, my uh, TikTok is not your magical Negro. Me is spelled K N E E underscore grow. Period. And we will. I know we've been kind of slack on TikTok lives, y'all, but we we gonna be back very soon. <laughs> We're we getting back now. to it, okay? Life been hard, but we're going to get back to it, I promise. Okay, yeah. period. Because I was about to ask you, Sid. Next week. 
<laughs> like when's the next live? Listen, we're going to be getting back to our Tuesday and Thursday mess where so that we can go ahead and still have people up on one part of the week and just me and Aaron on the other part of the week. So we're going to get to it. Just like life, you know, it'd be hard. You feel me? Yeah, we ain't forgotten about y'all. We'll be back. But you know, we can't be as explicit okay. on TikTok Live because you know TikTok Live is anti-black. Listen, that's why you have to subscribe to the YouTube so we can go live on YouTube and talk actual mess. Give because us the chance to talk actual mess with you guys anyways. It's okay. Right. So that way I can actually call them crackers and um mayonnaise monkeys and stuff and not have to worry about Look, these cauliflower crusaders, sunscreen scatterbacks, <laughs> the Velveeta Voldemort followers. It's okay. We got all of your number. But mm -hmm. <laughs> shut up. You're terrible. The cream crickets. No, I'm worse. So, mm -hmm. anyways, thank you so much. Alabaster armadillos. <laughs> I can't stand y'all bitches. And we are going to see you in the next one. And this is not going to be the last time you see Agape. Thank you for listening. It is always so awesome to bring y'all the news. Peace.